further twists in the Log4j saga, and how was a teenager able to gain remote access to more than 20 Teslas? These stories and more on this week's ISMG Security Report. Hi, I'm Anna Delaney. Attackers wielding Night Sky ransomware are among the latest groups that have been attempting to exploit serious vulnerabilities in the widely used Apache Log4j software. Joining me to discuss is Matthew Schwartz, ISMG's executive editor for Data Breach Today in Europe. Matt, is it any surprise that ransomware wielding attackers have turned to Log4j? No, not at all. They love to exploit whatever's fresh, current, and unpatched. And we've seen this across a whole lot of security incidents. For example, late in December, Belgium's Ministry of Defense announced that its networks had been, quote, paralyzed by an attacker that had utilized, in part, the Apache Log4j vulnerability. As soon as the flaw came to light on December 10, last month, we very quickly started to see reports of probes tied to criminal groups and also nation-state attackers, at least from China and Iran, who were also seeking to turn the vulnerability to their advantage. And now Microsoft reports that China-tied attackers, seems like a criminal group, has been exploiting the flaw to drop night sky ransomware, which is a new strain of ransomware. It only appeared at the end of December, doesn't have many victims to date, but By January 4th, Microsoft says, the group was already attempting to exploit Log4j. What's the status of Log4j remediation? Well, Anna, I think you and I are going to be having a frequent discussion on this for the rest of the year, uh, simply because Log4j is so widely used. As I noted, this vulnerability, or actually a series of a few critical vulnerabilities, first came to light at the beginning of last month. And there have been updates issued now by Apache that fix the flaw. And the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA, is closely tracking this vulnerability and the associated efforts to mitigate it. So the challenge, CISA says there's more than 2,800 products that they know about so far that definitely have this flaw. So here's CISA Director Jen Easterly speaking Monday in a press call with an update on Log4j remediation efforts. Log4j is the name of a particular library that allows software to log various types of data from your computer system performance to security issue issues, and Log4Show is the specific vulnerability contained in that library that we are most concerned about. So just a reminder of why. First, it's extremely widespread. The library Log4J is embedded into thousands of distinct commercial products. Uh, Based on submissions to our authoritative catalog, uh, over 2,800. Given the product scale, the vulnerability is therefore likely present in hundreds of millions of individual technology assets around the world. And because the library is embedded into thousands of separate products, the vendor for each individual product must produce their own unique patch. Second, exploiting the vulnerability is pretty trivial. A threat actor can use the vulnerability to compromise a target system by typing only 12 characters into a text message, email subject line, or chat window. Third, 
exploiting the vulnerability potentially allows an adversary to gain deep access into a target network. So, in sum, the scale, the ease of exploitation, and the potential impact by an adversary make this incredibly serious. Narcisse is saying it's been actively watching for attacks that attempt to exploit this flaw since it came to light. What is it seeing? So, yeah, the good news so far is that known attacks exploiting Log4j don't appear to be widespread or catastrophic. Obviously, we've been discussing interest by crime gangs and nation-state attackers, but CISA says it hasn't really seen anything ultra-sophisticated yet that it can confirm anyway. The bad news, however, is attackers may simply be biding their time. Here's CISA's Easterly again. Over the past several weeks, we have seen widespread exploitation of Log4Shell by criminal actors to to install crypto mining software uh, on victim computers or to capture victim computers for use in botnets to launch future attacks. Uh, And we've also seen reports of more sophisticated activity. As you've probably read, the Belgian government reported a significant attack that resulted in material impacts to the networks of their Ministry of Defense. Several cybersecurity companies have also reported that nation-state adversaries are developing attacks using Log4Shell, although we cannot independently confirm these reports at the present time. Now, at this time, we have not seen the use of Log4Shell resulting in significant intrusions. Uh, This may be the case because sophisticated adversaries have already used this vulnerability to exploit targets and are just waiting to leverage their new access until network defenders are on a lower alert. It may also be due, in part, to the urgent actions taken by defenders at many organizations to rapidly mitigate the most easily exploitable devices, uh, such as those accessible uh, directly from the Internet. Now, that said, we do expect Log4Shell to be used in intrusions well into the future, and for this reason, we are remaining focused on driving remediation of vulnerable assets for months to come and on driving adoption of strong security practices like zero-trust architecture that will help detect and limit the impact of potential intrusions. And what's the status of patches to fix vulnerable software? Very much still a work in progress. So is identifying, as I mentioned, all of the software that might be vulnerable, whether or not the vendor or developer admits that it's vulnerable. So that's an uphill battle, trying to identify all these things. And again, you know, vendors don't always want to be all that forthcoming about problems that they might have, because of course, then they're on the hook to fix it. Here's Eric Goldstein, CISA's executive assistant One key nuance of this library is that it's incumbent on vendors of individual products to develop patches that account for the vulnerable library. That's an important point because obviously it's up to a vendor to ship a fix for their products. But also many products and services rely on other products and services that are known to be vulnerable to log for shell. So one has to get fixed before the next can get fixed, before the users can test the fix, usually in the form of an updated software, piece of software. And then after they test it, roll it out. So this is an extremely long involved process. Accordingly, getting all of this fixed is gonna take much more time and energy. And if there's one certainty in cybersecurity, it's that attackers will no doubt continue to explore new ways of exploiting all this until it gets locked down. 
You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. It's now just over a month since the announcement of the seismic Log4 shell vulnerability, which has left CISOs and incident responders knee-deep in mitigation efforts. So what have been the lessons learned so far? Our VP of Editorial, Tom Field, recently spoke with Martin Dinell, Assistant Deputy Minister and CISO of the Government of Alberta, who shares the lessons he has learned when it comes to information and threat intel sharing. For me, the big one has been indeed that information sharing amongst organizations is extremely important. So I had a meeting less than one week after this vulnerability was uh, declared, if I can call it this way, or published. Uh, My meeting was with uh, my peers across the country, essentially people who are in charge of cybersecurity services for the provincial, territorial, and federal government and uh, realized that we had all been working in silos, essentially trying to figure out our way through this mess figure out more threat and tell which patch was the one to apply. Did the first one that come out, was it good enough or should we install the second one? Trying to figure out all of this stuff on our own. In fact, the federal government in particular had a lot of information early in the game that would have been very useful to us. So one of the first things we discussed is the ability to uh, moving forward, having a quick meeting when these kind of issues are uh, published so that we kind of come up with a plan together and come with a way of sharing information together as we find something more important. So I think it's critical for organizations to not go into their own shells and and try to figure out problems on their own, but share more information with, with partners, with organizations that are your allies, essentially, to try to figure out how to get out of a mess like this one. And finally, one tweet that created a storm throughout the Twitter sphere this week was that of teen security researcher David Colombo. So what's it all about? ISMG's Jeremy Kirk, Managing Editor for Security and Technology, investigates. A security researcher said earlier this week that he discovered a software flaw affecting a small number of Teslas. It allowed him to unlock doors and windows, start vehicles without keys, and disable security systems. David Colombo describes himself as a 19-year-old cybersecurity specialist who's based in Dinkelsbühel, Germany. Early Tuesday, Colombo tweeted that he'd been able to remotely access more than 25 Teslas in 13 countries without the owner's knowledge. That tweet and subsequent ones attracted a lot of attention. Colombo says he can query a vehicle's location, which is an obvious privacy concern. He says he also can turn off sentry mode, which uses motion sensors and cameras as part of the car's overall security system. He can also see if a driver is present, manipulate the entertainment system, honk the horn, and much more. But he says he can't use the flaw to control steering, acceleration, or braking. So he's not revealed exactly the details of the vulnerability, but he has been tweeting a series of intriguing clues. For one, he tweeted that the vulnerability is not within Tesla's software or infrastructure. So where's the problem? He didn't exactly say, but there are a variety of third-party apps for Tesla vehicles. Those apps have features such as calculating performance metrics and even enabling remote controls that enable the unlocking of doors, flashing of lights, and the honking of the horn, which is one thing that Columbo said he was able to do. So he's now working on a write-up that describes the vulnerability, and he has been in contact with Tesla's security team. The issue he found has also been allocated a CVE number. John Jackson is a senior offensive security consultant with Spider Labs, and he's also the founder of the independent security research group Sakura Samurai. He says he's reviewed Columbo's findings and says they're legitimate. 
So even though this issue can't be used to control like the braking or acceleration, it does pose a tangential risk to drivers. So Colombo theorized that he could suddenly blast music at the highest volume while someone is driving, which of course could cause somebody to lose control of their vehicle. Tesla will accept vulnerability reports about third-party libraries and other applications and pass those on to those developers. So given the privacy and potential crash risks with this one, it will likely be fixed quickly. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. That's it from the ISMG Security Report. Theme music is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Anna Delaney. Until next time. Bye.